Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! Well, not did I tell you guys about what happened really- to me the other day? I was on my yeah. way to work. This is Friday, I think. And right at the light, I was probably about four cars back. And the car in front of me and the car in front of him, the car in front of the guy in front of me was doing the pick a lane thing. Uh, yeah. And realized that he was going the wrong way and so swerved back in. Well, the other guy was going too fast and he almost hit the guy in front of him. Well, the guy in front of me got out of his car and went up to like yell at the guy so i start at like a stoplight yeah everybody's sitting there at the stoplight so i honk my horn and the guy turns around he looks and then he turns around he starts talking again and the guy and the lady next to me honks her horn at him and he turns around he looks at her and this is all happening like the light's about to turn right and the guy's still over there hollering at the lady in front of him. Oh, my God. So That's I crazy. honk again. Honk, honk. And the lady behind me goes, honk, honk. And the guy was pissed off. And he walks back. He says like this at me for like 15 second eye contact thing. And I didn't oh, blink. And I, and I went like this, like, get back in your car, you fucker. And the lady next to me. The whole time he was staring me down, she was honking at him too. We like double teamed him. So <laughs> they're like, not today. That Satan. guy was really aggressive. I'm like, this is not going to happen right in front of me. I am not putting up with that shit. And That's crazy. I think I probably would have backed off a little bit if the person next to me hadn't like been joining in. So between yeah. the two of us and this girl's in it, she's in a huge black jacked up pickup. Is as we go past, she drives up alongside of him and honk all the way by. And that guy was so pissed off. He's like telling her to roll down her window. And She's too young. She won't know how to what the roll the window down symbol means. Dude, you do not get out of your car. That's no, not okay. You actually hit each other. Don't <laughs> get out of your fucking car. There was no accident. It makes me think of that one thing that was on the news. And I can't remember what city it was in. I want to say it was in Florida. Probably. But they were stopped at a stoplight and a g- road rage guy walked up to somebody else's car like that. Uh-huh. A dude was packing heat and shot him through the window. Yep. Oh, my God. As soon as he approached his car right at the freaking red light. People make mistakes. And if they don't actually hit you, you don't have a right to be a right. dick and get out of your fucking car. Well, my dad's coworker had, has a daughter and her husband what they're pretty sure was killed in road rage like he was out doing whatever and they found him the next morning like on the side of the road and he'd been shot and they're like the only thing that we can think of is that it was road rage like that he pulled like somebody got mad at him and they both pulled over or something and they got out of the car and they shot him i don't remember what movie it was that i saw or maybe it was a book i think it was a movie that i saw where the girl um sees a guy harassing a girl on a train and she turns her phone around and looks like she's filming him. And he's like, what are you doing? She goes, he goes, stop filming me. She goes, I'm not. It's on Facebook Live. <laughs> and then and then the girl next to her goes, yep, me too. And then the other girl goes, yep, me too. And so they're all like filming this guy. Well, it turns out the the lady who did it first the girl who was being harassed caught up to her outside the thing. And she's like, thank you so much for doing that. Good thinking about Facebook live. She goes, I don't even have Facebook on my phone. Dang. She goes, you, you bluffed that. She's like, yep. Sometimes that's all it takes is enough of a a poker face to say, (laughs) I'm doing the thing. That's going to be my, my go-to for future. I'm going to say you're on Facebook live. Fuckers. Or TikTok, TikTok live. No, I don't (laughs) have but TikTok, that, you can't have a live unless you have a thousand followers. He yeah. doesn't have to know that. Yeah, Face, but it's it's Facebook is more believable. It is. That's it's true. more believable. Mile, you're on Facebook Live. Fucker. Today's our special episode. 
Yes, it is. We were talking, Megan. We're not sure we want to continue with this whole theme business. Why not? I like it. You're the only one. Keith likes it. No, (laughs) she doesn't. She started it. I think it's kind of fun sometimes when I can find a book to read. Well, see, that's the problem. It makes you stretch your muscles. We do stretch. You're the only one that doesn't stretch. Oh, that's not true. I found a theme for, I found a book for every theme. Yes, but what I'm saying is. Excuse me, you don't stretch at all. You know, you you were looking for specific sci-fi only things to read. I was just trying to find something that would be different from what you guys were reading. I didn't find a sci-fi for this one. Uh-huh. I read a variety. I read true crime. I read historical fiction. I read YA. I read romance. I read thrillers. I read mysteries. I read <laughs> fantasy. I read sci-fi. I read, what do you call this? Poignant? Plain old fiction. Just plain old, like, fiction. award fiction. That's what Lit- I'm reading right now. Literary Literature. fiction. Literary fiction. Only a couple things I won't read. I've read historical fiction and I've, romance. No, I've read historical fiction before and liked it okay in certain circumstances. Like I like spy novels, and you don't like spy novels, but Not that's really. histor- those are historical sometimes. Yeah, I've read them before. <clears throat> we can vote. Like we can vote when everybody is there to decide. I didn't mind this one as much. So okay. our special theme is an Irish author or, or Irish setting, right? Setting. Yes. Or an Irish setting. An Irish setter? Yes, an Irish setter. Uh, an Irish setting. Cuz it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. I had a Guinness yesterday on St. Patrick's Day. I don't, like, Day. Guinness. I don't was, like it. It was good. I don't have any Guinness, but I have some corned beef in the freezer that I'm going to cook up tomorrow. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I corned beef and cabbage. Yep. Don't get much more Irish than that. Got to get you some Irish soda bread to make it the trifecta. No, I need to quit eating bread. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I've, I've got those weird bruises on my legs again because uh, I ate too much bread last week. Bread bruises? <laughs> I have bread bruises. Yeah, I, I love Ireland because I lived there for three months when I did my study abroad. It's like home. I like the way they say fucking. They fucking. say feckin'. Feckin'. I love Ireland. <laughs> I came when I came home. My mom said I had developed like a slight Irish, like how I, like cadence of speech because I was <clears throat> engulfed in it. You know how like they go up at the end of a yep, question, yep, and like the different inflection. She's like, "You had an accent when you came home after being there for three months." I didn't love the school I was at, <laughs> but I loved the country itself. There's a and lot most- of stereotypes that are associated with Ireland. Yes, like redheaded people yeah everywhere. I well, saw, there's like, a lot more redheads in in scotland than there are in ireland yes. i'll tell you what though i was so fit when i came back because everybody walks everywhere, everywhere. Yep. like from my house to the school if i walked i should look i should google it because it's part kind of closest we walked five miles uphill in the snow to school that every shit was day. uphill both ways it was <laughs> uphill both ways <laughs> huh. I normally, I would walk home because it was more downhill. I t- did not, t- but it was like two pa- two pounds each way on the bus. Oh, yeah. That's expensive. Yeah. So four pounds a day to go back and forth. Jesus. And so if it was like really nice out, I would walk home. Depending my, my, on the exchange rate, that's like $8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's about it. It's really, really hard not to have a car in Oklahoma. Yeah, when I lived it. Because everything's so spread out. And there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of public transit. There's public transit in certain areas. Well, because everything's so spread out, the buses just don't go. They don't run like they would if everything was close together. Like, But when uh, when we went to Seattle, everyone walks and bikes in Seattle. Yeah. Sorry, I I was YouTubing how to pronounce my Irish person's name. Because I was pretty sure I was wrong. Yeah, it's really hard to determine how to pronounce the names because their syllables don't coincide with the letters like they do for Not us. Not even a little bit. No, no. It's like, remember that author spelled C-A-I-M-H and it's pronounced queef. Oh, yes. 
Yes. Queef McDonald. Yeah. I thought a queef was something you did when you got air stuck up your vajayjay. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's accurate. That is also that's true. accurate. <laughs> Sorry, not making fun of your name if that's your name. Well, and I it's got not it. queef. It's queef. Queef. So, what were you named after? The first thing my mom heard me after I was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> Alicia Ireland. <coughs> so we wanted to do something that would, according to Megan, stretch us a little bit. Just watch how much you stretch. You don't want to queef. <laughs> oh Makes yoga class fun. Makes yoga class awkward. It's when you have to work on those Kegel muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about Kegel muscles last week? We did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what you made me think of when you were talking about the JJ's uh, that Gwyneth Paltrow was giving medical advice on a podcast this week. Oh, no, not again. Only this time it wasn't medical advice that she was giving. It was she was talking about Diet. her dietary restrictions. Yeah. One of her she meals. Like, yeah. She was like, I drink coffee for breakfast. And all these dietitians were like, not a food. And, and then, what, then she was and like, bone and then, broth for lunch. Yeah. And they're like, again, not a food. <laughs> and then maybe some vegetables for dinner. And I try to get I can't even remember the vitamin IV she was talking about. But she's like, it's really niche and really hard to find. And a bunch of nutritionists were like, here's a crazy idea. Eat the food that that comes in. <laughs> At which point I decided, we long ago decided we didn't trust somebody for medical advice who has a candle that smells like their vagina. We talk about her entirely too much. We do. It's because like, she does so much shit. She's, that she does. She's like the <laughs> ultimate Nepo baby. But she's not even Nepo. Yes, like, she who, is. Her mother. I guess yeah, we're not bougie enough because. Hollywood royalty. We're not bougie enough because we're not podcasting with IVs in our hands right now. So we can't, we can't be as cool as Gwyneth Paltrow. Clearly. She was talking about IVs and had one actively when she was recording this podcast. And I was like, ugh. I'm disturbed by anybody who utilizes an IV if they're not sick. I mean, you do get good nutrition through a proper IV, like, Dude, infusion. if you have to do that, that means you're not healthy. Well, no, a lot of people do it when they travel because it gives you extra, like, Do things. you do it when you travel? No, but I well, do take then... emergency for, like, two weeks before <sighs> and after. What a waste of which money. Which is kind Megan. of the same. It's a waste of money. No, it's not. It works, it I'm telling you. I didn't believe in emergency until I was doing Back to the Island. <laughs> okay, Gwyneth. No. <laughs> but I, so I, every year I would get super sick when I came back from Jamaica and then one year, one of my friends was like, no, you take emergency for the week before, the week you're there, and the week you come back. So I did that the next year, and I it, I did not get sick, and everybody else was sick. There is not a correlation, I'm telling you. Yes, Vita there is. Excessive vitamin C is a complete waste. All you do is piss it out. But it's not all vitamin C. It's got, like, all kinds. Emergency has just, like, a, it's <sighs> just a daily vitamin. Whatever. But if you, yeah, I'm telling you, I swear, I Gwyneth, didn't believe it. Gwyneth. I didn't. Gwyneth, Gwyneth, Gwyneth. No, Gwyneth. if she was Gwyneth, she'd be putting the vitamin C up her vajayjay. She'd <laughs> be douching with it. Yeah. <laughs> vitamin C is actually really, really good to boost We've got to hear system. from a nutritionist on this because I was told that people who who try to top load and go go heavy on vitamin C are completely wasting their money. Well, yes. Well, if no, you, you it can't. like every day, yes. You can't overdo on vitamin c because you it's it's a water yes, you can the reason i'm saying that is because it doesn't matter the fact is you don't your body doesn't need don't it and need can't it. Use you're not it. even listening to what i just said you can't overdose on it i understand what you're saying no i didn't say overdose i said you can't overuse it because you do pee it out it's a water soluble vitamin it's not fat soluble well, like vitamin yeah, a i understand that but the reason that it's you just want to argue. No, I don't. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> okay, kids. Sweet puppy. Let's talk about Ireland. Sweet puppy. Oh, oh, I'll claw my face off. <laughs> if you see what she was doing, she was she was sign languaging me like she does the fucking dog. Does that make me a little bit cross? <laughs> That's why I did it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> But it's okay because we are also not doctors. So you do what you need to do with your vitamins because we don't want to be Gwyneth. Oh, <laughs> what 
ever. We also don't have a candle that smells like any of us. So Thank the Lord for that, because that would be one smellless candle from me. Smellless? Exactly. I like how you changed that around right there instead of smelling. Smellless. Because everything smell-less. has to smell like nothing around me. If I smell like anything, that's bad. So, Bonnie, where do we go in Ireland or with an Irish author for you today? Oh, and Martha, like I'm almost done with that Songs of Ursa Major that you said that you DNF'd. Yeah. I actually kind of like it. That, you know, it's almost, it's so predictable that if I don't like a book, you will. Not always, not always. But this, I I mean, I can see why you didn't like it. There's a lot of romance Mm -hmm. in it think it's pretty it's pretty good i probably will finish it tomorrow so what did we decide super Whichever. sad crush your heart nonfiction memoir for me sure why not <laughs> hey whatever because, whatever floats your irish boat today or i have a romance because i was stretching my muscles oh, well maybe well, you should true. stretch your muscles you then should. since this was the whole point of this experiment <laughs> So this week, I am going to review Landing by Emma Donahue. And I believe Emma Donahue is Irish author, and there is an Irish person in the book also. So I'm killing it with one, killing two of them with one stone. So this one starts out with our main character, Jude, and she um, was born and raised in a town called Ireland, Ontario, in Canada. Very small town. Um, She's like curator of a very small museum, set in her ways, um, still has a landline, doesn't have a cell phone, you know, doesn't have internet. She's very old school, very like old soul. She's, She's a very quirky individual. And it starts out with her getting a call from her aunt saying that she needs to come check on her mom. Uh, Her mom is in, I can't remember if it's like London or just somewhere in England um, visiting her aunt and her aunt's kind of worried about her says that, you know, Jude needs to fly over there and escort her home. Jude has never been on an airplane before ever. I want to say she's like, She's 25, never flown, doesn't really like the idea of flying, but she begrudgingly buys a ticket to go to London to see what her aunt's talking about. She hasn't really told her very much over the phone. So she gets on this airplane and what would the name S-I-L-E with an apostrophe over the I, what name would that be? So it's Sheila. Okay. That's an interesting. I, I knew there was a so Sheila. It's Sheila. Well, see, I didn't remember it being a really weird name when I read the book. That's why I was kind of looking at the spelling of this going, what the fuck? But it's Sheila. So her flight attendant's name is Sheila. And um, it's an overnight flight. And so everybody's kind of groggy, but Jude can't sleep because, you know, first time on an airplane. And the guy next to her is sleeping and kind of falls over and puts his head like on her shoulder. And I mean, most people know how close those seats are together. So that's not, you know, all that hard to, to accidentally get in somebody's space to accidentally, you know, fall asleep, head rolls over on somebody else's shoulder. Well, then it not only rolls over on her shoulder, but he rolls to halfway down on her lap. And she's like going, what do I do? This guy's sleeping. She doesn't want to wake him up. So she, you know, very politely tries to get his attention and everything. And he's cold and he's not waking up. So she flags down Sheila, the flight attendant, and the guy is dead. And I mean, this happens like very first. So first time on a plane. And freaking the guy next to her dies and falls on her lap. Oh, that's creepy. And that's like the worst <laughs> flight nightmare ever right there. I know. So and um, they'll just leave them in the seat. Well, that's what, she, yeah, that's what they were going to oh do. My God. And Sheila told her, 
she's like, well, we have another seat that you can move to. And Jude's like, well, we only have a half an hour left. It's fine. <laughs> so they prop well, they him do. up. So he's against like the window <laughs> and not in her space anymore. And um, they, you know, they asked Jude, you know, we need to ask you a few questions, so on and so forth. Um, when you get off the plane, if you don't mind. So Jude gets off the plane and answers her questions and everything. And then when she's going through the airport, she sees Sheila sitting like in a lounge area, like drinking or having a drink. And so she goes over and talks to her for 45 minutes and they kind of hit it off. And, um, you know, Sheila, like, you know, tells her, gives her her card and she says, you know, like email me if you want to, or, or I can update you on the gentleman's condition, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Um, and she's like, oh, well, I don't have an email address. And Sheila's like, what do you mean you don't have an email address? And, uh, but so they, you know, part ways, Sheila has another flight. Jude goes to her aunt's house to see what's wrong with her mom. Mom actually has a brain tumor. They don't really talk a lot about it though. It kind of skips ahead like six weeks and Jude's mom has died and she's back to her life in Canada, in Ireland, Ontario, doing her museum thing and everything. And she, she decides that, um, she wants to write to Sheila and she still has her card and everything. So she like snail mails her a letter and she mails it. And the next day she gets a letter from Sheila. So <laughs> Sheila actually sends her one first and says, you know, something about her moxie and holding out and making her right first and yada, yada. And Jude's like, you know, laugh out loud. I just sent your letter yesterday. And um, they go back and forth for a while with just like writing letters Jude actually breaks down and gets an email address so that she can email Sheila. And um, then like the first time Sheila calls her, they like, it's awkward and they don't know what to talk about. And it's so weird. So basically they're just like, uh, hi, how are you? Okay, bye. And then they email, oh my God, that was so weird. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was just really quirky and cute. And Jude is a funny character. And um, then they kind of progress to where they go back and forth to visit each other. Sheila lives in Dublin, Ireland. So big city. Sheila loves the city. She hates small town. She does not like the country. She is not an outdoorsy girl at all. And um, Jude goes to Dublin, hates the city, can't stand it, misses her small town. And same, same thing for Sheila. Sheila goes to, or to Ireland, Ontario, and it's like a town of like maybe a thousand people. And she's like, what do you guys do here for fun? <laughs> <You know? laughs> this, is, this is crazy. But yeah, it's just kind of about their romance. And also when Sheila comes to visit Jude the first time, she meets Jude's ex-husband, which is really weird because Jude has never told her that she was married before or that she's even had relationships with men. Huh. <laughs> so that was a conversation for him. I don't know. It was just it was cute. It was quirky. It wasn't really a mushy romance if you know what I mean um it did get a little more intense near the end but that was just you know progression of the relationship and they have to deal with problems yada yada so on and so forth just like any relationship but it was just it was a nice break from my super sad historical fictions that I usually read and it was cute the characters were wonderfully flawed Nobody was perfect, perfect. Um, also, I forgot to mention that Sheila is like 39. So she's like 
what is that like 14, 15, 14 years older than, than Jude. Cause Jude's 25. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's a big age difference. I don't know. They just both super quirky <laughs> and funny. And uh, Jude's ex-husband was freaking hilarious. Oh my God. He's, he's Jude's best friend. And that's one of the reasons why they ended up getting married when she was 18 is because they were best friends. And she thought, well, you know, if I can't make a life with my best friend, then who am I going to make a life with? You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there was no love involved, so it didn't happen. Um, although they did get busy with it whenever they were bored. <laughs> I'm bored. Let's fuck. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to do in a small town, <laughs> but like, I know I told you the lines, but like one time they were talking about Sheila and this is before she'd come down to visit and her ex-husband was like saying she was a snob and she was a snood and, you know, she'd never live, she'd never lay in the wet spot. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> So being a snob actually means that you don't want to lay in the wet spot because I'm thinking there's probably a lot of people out there that are snobs then. <laughs> I was going to say, who willingly? Well, I suppose if you're really in love, then you'd willingly take the wet spot. If you're really in love, your ass would get out and get a towel for the other person for the wet spot. It's true. 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 Or, I don't know, have sex on your side of the bed. So you get the wet spot. That's neither here nor there. I was going to say, but that's yeah. an age old problem. <laughs> that no one talks about. That's right. No one told me that you had to discuss who was going to lay in the wet spot when you got married. But that again was called Landing by Emma Donahue. And it was cute. It was quirky. Um, even though her mom does die, they don't emphasize on it. So it's not sad. It's not super sad. And I would definitely recommend this. To somebody, I mean, I think Keith would like it. Yeah, we reviewed Emma Domini before. Yeah, we we a both, lot actually. We both have loved her, and yeah. Pat read. I I reviewed the Wonder, then Pat did, and then Vonnie and I did the same with Frog Music. With Frog Music, yeah. Well, and doesn't uh, doesn't what else? There's something else she's written. She and Vonnie read. Uh, what was the stars one? Pull pull of the stars. Pull of the stars. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. And tweet was tweet cute. Emma Donahue. No, no, no. Mm -mm. No. I think so. I no. think it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, I looked up the Emma Donahue to, to make sure that uh -uh. landing that's hadn't been done. You. I'm pretty she, sure. She also. Oh, no, that's Emma Lord. Yeah, that's I was gonna Lord. say oh. I would know because I looked yeah, up all Lord. of her stuff. She wrote the room as well. I was like, I knew yeah. it was an Emma that did tweet cute. I just couldn't remember. Nicole did the room. Yeah. Or room. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was you that did that one. Mm -mm. Huh. I started reading that and I quit. Yeah, that was hard. I DNF'd that it. was hard to read. I didn't read it either. It was a hard one. Um, but yeah, it's I think I think you would like it, Megan. I think Keith would like it. Heartless Martha's out. <laughs> <laughs> Super cute and a really great change. Palette cleanser. There you go. Loved it. Nice. Definitely five starred it. Ooh, oh, wow. five stars. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't find, usually I can find little snippets that I don't like about a book. And this, I mean, I liked it. It was awesome. I love the characters, though. The characters I would, like, want to meet in real life. I would want to be their friends. Sit and have a beer with them. There you go. Have a pint. Have a pint. <laughs> um, while you were reviewing, I Googled how far it was from my house to the school in Bray. Well, actually, to the park, because I can't remember my address. I just knew what park was across the street. So it's about two almost three miles from my school to my house when i lived there you should have got a bike i should have but i did not i don't know hey. though, biking up that hill would have sucked <clears throat> walking it was bad enough 
Coming down would have been fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would, would have died more than once. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Bray, the book I am reviewing is called The Carnival at Bray by Jesse Ann Foley. And I actually got this at the book sale last year. And I bought it solely because it was set in Bray. And I was like, I've lived there. Like, this is going to take me home. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time reading this book, Googling on like maps and trying to find my old house to see where stuff was taking place and making sure I was like not losing my mind on where I remembered stuff was. So we meet Maggie. She is living in Chicago, but she considers herself Irish American because somewhere in her close family is someone from Ireland. I think her last name is Lynch, if I remember correctly. It is. So she's 16 years old and her mom has a horrific dating past. Basically, she'll fall head over heels and then like uproot the girls, they move and then they break up and then they move again and they end up back in Chicago or whatever. So her mom meets this Irish guy. She meets Colm. And it's probably not how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> and they move to Bray. They move to Bray where he's from because they got married and that's where they're going. So they've uprooted out of Chicago. And right before they leave, um, Maggie's uncle, Kevin, who is a lot younger than her mother. So he's kind of like the fun, cool uncle. And it's the early 90s. It's like 1993. So the height of grunge era music. And he is very much in that culture of like drinking and drugs and all those things. So right before they move, he takes Maggie to a Smashing Pumpkins concert in Chicago because her mom and her sister and her stepdad are out of town and Kevin has been left in charge <laughs> and they end up beating them home because they'd stayed at one of Kevin's friend's houses. And so they freak out and they're mad, obviously. And then that's like the last time you see Kevin for a while. So they move to Bray and she's having a hard time fitting in. And understandably, because Bray is really a small town. It's on the, it's right on the Irish sea, which is great. You have beaches that are decent, uh, fairly rocky, but still decent. And it's beautiful seaside town. In the summer, it's probably packed. And there is a carnival on the seafront. I don't think it was there when I was there because I spent time down by the beach and I don't remember there being a carnival. So, but it's back now because I Googled and they said it's been back. Uh, and it was kind of right on the seafront by all the stuff there. And so the kids are there a lot. They kind of hang out there. Even when the thing is closed, it kind of, they just hang out there. And she's not adjusting well because, you know, she's the outsider and she kind of makes one friend and then that friend gets a boyfriend. And so then that friend is now not around, but she kind of keeps making eyes at this boy at the local pub and she kind of starts falling for him a little bit. He starts falling for her and they just are kind of friends. And of course her little sister's like, is that your boyfriend? And she's like, shut the fuck up child. <laughs> like, mad at her little sister because her sister's making fun of her but the catalyst in this story is kind of a spoiler but there's no way to tell how we're getting to where we're going without telling you what happened um so her uncle kevin comes over for christmas gets in a big old fight with her stepfather in the local bar um where the boy that where um owen that's the boy's name not spelled like we spell owen but Owen is there. It's his aunt's bar. So her uncle and her stepdad get in a big old fashioned fight, good old fashioned bar fight. Uncle leaves the next morning, tells her bye. Then they get a call from the States shortly after New Year that her uncle has died. And she gets a letter that her mom actually kind of tried to hide from her. She gets a letter shortly after they come back from the funeral and her uncle has been like teaching her all about like grunge uh, grunge music like nirvana and like all those things he has sent her two tickets to the nirvana concert in rome mind you she is 16 and in ireland which is slightly closer to rome than chicago 
and he basically is like, go, don't ask permission, take the boy and go. Those are, that's kind of his advice in the letter. So that kicks off this whole process of their, of their journey um, and all the things that happened thereafter. And I can't give you too much without giving out more uh, spoilers, but it's a story of her coming of age and liking her first boyfriend. There's another guy that she kind of hooks up with a little bit at the beginning. And you're kind of like, well, he's a dick. We should leave him alone. And it's just kind of her coming of age of dealing with the grief of losing her uncle and her and her mom fighting all the time and her discovering kind of her independence and consequences when you make choices. <laughs> so it was, and there's like an old Irish guy, he's like a hundred years old that lives in Bray. And he's kind of like the sage advice. Like she goes to him and just hangs out, out at his house. And is like, hey, tell me things. Like, what do I need to know about life? And he just tells her things. Um, they talk about Bray Head, which is the top of the mountain. And let me tell you, that is a fucking hike. I <laughs> did it when I lived there. And I was reading her, like, talking about it. She's like, you know, moving all the trees out of the way. And I was like, oh, you took the same non-existent path that I took. We are idiots and took the hard way. Um, I think there's an easier path. But you get to the top and you can see all of Bray and the towns around it. And I guess if you go at night, you can almost actually see Dublin because we're only, like, 40 minutes from Dublin and Bray. So you can see it at night with all the lights and everything. And they go to Dublin a couple times or once. Yeah, they go to Dublin a couple times, see the Book of Kells, you know, the traditional Irish things. Uh, but it was a good journey, a good story of someone's journey of being a teenager and figuring out what that means and figure out how to be Irish American in Ireland. And yeah, it was awesome. And I got to feel like I was back in Bray for just a wee bit, which was nice. And that is The Carnival at Bray by Jesse Ann Foley. Sorry, we were chuckling during your review. I know, it's really distracting. <laughs> Fonny was sending me funny shit and then expecting me not to laugh. <laughs> I'm gonna start sending Harry Styles shit while you guys are talking. <laughs> tell, tell I her. I mean, you're gonna text with Harry Styles? I bet it won't be the same thing that we text. Tell I was telling her that, um, you know, I put my, my phone on mute in case dogs start bark barking. And I burped so loud that my computer came on and said, you're on mute if you want to talk. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll send a picture to Keith so she can post it so people can see what I'm talking about. That's a good idea. And I can try and like, be like, this was where I, where I lived 700 miles from every fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I t it was great workout plan though. Walked like to the internet cafe because that was the only place we had internet <laughs> desperation yeah we didn't have we didn't have our house at that time that we rented not have internet the mm. only way we could get on the internet was to go to the internet cafe Oof. and you had to pay her like 15 minutes per 30 minutes and it was like a pound i can't remember is it kind of like in the proposal where she sits down with like the bag of dimes yes <laughs> Yeah, you would go up to the counter and you'd say, I need, an, I need a computer. And he would tell you what number to go to. And then when you sat down, he would start a timer and you had like X amount of time. And then if you needed more time, you had to go pay him more money. And then he would turn it back on. <laughs> huh. Dang. Yeah, it, I got really good. That's why I can check emails and everything so fast because I got so good at it because <laughs> I was like, did it have 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> they also had the old style like phone booths. And so I would like call my mom or I'd call Rachel and I'd, I would let it ring once at my parents' house and then I'd hang up and they would call me back on my cell phone because Smart. I could get free. Yeah. Well, I could have free incoming calls on Irish phones at the time. You only paid if you were calling out hmm. and you didn't really pay. You had a, they call it topping up. Like you would, it was like a prepay phone. So you'd have to like top up your minutes all the time. Um, but if you called out, it was, or incoming calls were free. So like I would call Rachel and hang up and she'd use her international phone card to like call me back. I used to do that with my friends when I was growing up with this, with the uh, pay phone because we didn't have a phone at home. Yes. So I would go down to the corner and then I'd call, I'd make a collect call and I'd say, call me back on the pay phone. And they'd call me back 
and yep. then sit and talk to him. Yep. Kind on of the, the corner. Same. I can't remember what that place was called. I could walk right to it. And then, like, when I was looking at the map of Bray, I had to, like, orient myself in the town by the McDonald's. <laughs> because the McDonald's is in the original city hall of Bray. And it sits, like, square in the middle of town. So I was like, where's the McDonald's? Okay, I know where I lived from there. <laughs> Trying to find, it was, yeah. The center point. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was right in the The golden t- arches. Golden arches was the center point of everything. God, yeah. even, even in some places supposed to be idyllic, like Ireland. Yeah, but it wasn't like an obnoxious McDonald's. Like it's not like the one every like, McDonald's is obnoxious. Well, yeah, but it doesn't, it's McDonald's size. is not that bad. No, I never ate in that one, but they don't I have didn't like say big it was signs good for you. No, they don't have like big signs. They didn't have like a play place. Like it literally just said like McDonald's on the front. Like there's sometimes I want those little microwave hamburgers and fries. Mm. They're pretty delicious. Okay. All right. So I'll send Keith some pictures of Bray so she can put it on put it on the site. Okay. As for me, I chose a mystery. Written mm-hmm. by an Irish author taking place in Ireland. And the the book I chose is called The Killer and Me by Olivia Kiernan. Full disclosure, this is not the first in the series. However, the first in the series was not as good. And like with a lot of detective novels, you don't really have to go in order. This one, this one worked just fine because I had evidently read that first novel and only given it three stars a long time ago. And then this one, I, was, I went ahead and checked it out and read it before I even realized it was number two. And didn't miss a thing so anyway this is mostly about a detective named Frankie Sheehan and her sister-in-law is involved in this nonprofit organization that's for people who were wrongly convicted and so she pressures Frankie into helping her with this case that she's looking at with this group. And the guy that they're investigating, his name is Sean, Sean something. Anyway, he got thrown in jail 17 years prior because his, his mother and father were killed and he wasn't home at the time, supposedly, but they convict him for the murders anyway. Even though at the time he says that he didn't do it. Well, he finally gets released from prison. And there are some new murders that begin to happen. And they're, they're suspicious. Of course, all murders are suspicious. So there are basically two different things going on in this novel. The first thing is her sister-in-law is doing this investigation into exonerating this guy who was imprisoned for 17 years for a murder that they don't think he committed. They meaning the organization that's trying to clear his name. And in the meantime, of course, Frankie is an actual police detective and she's working on a case, a series of murders that have recently taken place in their town. I can't remember which town they're in. Sorry. It is in Ireland though. So about halfway through, maybe a little less, you start to see some real parallels between the two things and trying to figure out who's the killer and trying to figure out if the, if the two cases are connected and if so, how. It was really the reason that I chose to review it in the end was because it was a complex case it wasn't one of those surface area mysteries that you're just able to figure everything out right away I mean I'd like those for a for a surface read but this one was actually pretty good it had all the hallmarks of a really good satisfying chewy mystery so I think she's probably going to be on my list for future I might keep going with this particular detective because I know that she's done some other cases 
I mean, she's an oak. Usually there's something about the detective that makes it interesting enough to keep following her. I mean, she seems okay. Uh, she's She doesn't have anything really super that stands out about her as a detective, in my opinion. But I still really enjoyed the mystery and I thought it was really well thought out and very well done. I know there wasn't a very good review of mysteries are like that, so what are you going to do? It's hard when you can't give too much away. Yeah, because if you do, you start making connections and stuff and then somebody reads it and goes, well, you shouldn't have said that. Whatever. Anyway. Well, that was my problem because yeah. there's a lot more that happens that I was like, but I can't give more away. I know, I know. And it is <laughs> difficult, but, but the reason that this makes this appropriate for even more appropriate for the theme is the fact that it was read by an Irish narrator. And so you have all that flavor of the local language and slang. And it really just makes you feel like you're there. That's one of the reasons that I really like reading mysteries from other countries is that you really, you really get just plop down right in the middle of that town and get to feel like you're right in the middle of the investigation. So it's really cool. Anyway, that was called The Killer in Me by Olivia Kiernan. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good old Ireland. I know. I love listening to the accent. In fact, while I was listening to this book, I would find myself trying to replicate. <laughs> I'd, Irish I, is I would so forget. Hard. I would forget what the hell they were saying in the book and try to replicate the accent. <laughs> I was like, I gotta is, quit it, quit it, quit it. <laughs> yeah, it's Irish is like a super hard accent. And the signs when you're in Ireland are in English and in Irish. So you can try to learn. Like I used to, um, on, on Lar is city center. And <laughs> I know that because I had to read it on the bus stop all the time. <laughs> I think it was on Lar. Pretty sure it's on Lar is city center or something similar. I was going to say, if that's wrong, somebody's going to correct your ass. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm 99% sure it was. I got to say that Echo's doing a pretty good job of not snoring today. Yeah, she's the quiet one. Or they're actually all being good. I was a little worried because when they get going, oh my gosh, they're all over the place. They're jumping up on me. They're jumping back down. It looks like they two cats and a dog in this video because she's got the way she's got it. Her She's got an Afghan on the couch behind her head and then there's a tiny little white ball of fur and a tiny little black the little chihuahua and the little pomeranian um it's lar on catherick that's not how you would pronounce it but i think on the buses it just said like on lar oh i got so when i was on a trip and when i was in europe and somebody on my trip they all knew i was living in ireland and they were like yeah we heard like kids on the train, like speaking Irish. And I was like, they were 1000% talking shit about you then. <laughs> and they, they were like, how? I was like, because they don't just go around speaking Irish. <laughs> like if, if you think they were Irish and they were speaking Irish, they were probably talking shit. <laughs> sort of like when you go to the, go to get a manicure and everybody's speaking Vietnamese. Yeah, but they all, but that's like normal. Like Irish kids, I know I 100% know those women are talking shit about me you can tell by the look on their face that they're being mean about that bougie white lady who won't stop giggling when they're touching her feet oh maybe but typically there comes a point in (laughs) Irish where you just have to memorize the sentence as a whole because they can't explain to you why it's written that way so (laughs) like once you get up in the like if you take it your whole life which most of them do uh, so if they're actively speaking Irish, they're talking shit. Unless they're drunk, then they're just drunk and speaking Irish. But yeah, they, they were very confused on that trip. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, Mm-mm. they were making fun of somebody. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't you, but it was somebody on that bus. Somebody, somebody with an earshot. They were like, but yeah, my, my St. Killian's kids, if we, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> you don't know that. We Megan, have- Megan's got delusions of grandeur. She thinks everybody in every every place all over the world listens to us. They might. We had Ireland <laughs> on the map. I'm fucking with you, Megan. Hey, we I do have some Irish finger. listeners and some Scottish listeners and some French listener. No, we don't have any French. Uh, we might. This morning, I was just reading this 
this Facebook thing. <laughs> the trouble didn't start after I ate the apple. It started after I ate that mushroom. That's when the snake started talking. <laughs> I read that one this morning. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. Fucking mushrooms. <laughs> Dude. Mushrooms will fuck you up. <laughs> I've never done mushrooms. Have you ever done mushrooms? No. Uh-uh, no. I don't think we're a very, very adventurous bunch. Mushrooms is what my sister was taking when they decided to. uh, Oh, the belly button candle. The belly button candles. No, that sounds terrible, too. I've never done mushrooms. Did I not tell you that story, Megan? Probably. I've said I've told you. You've heard it. Yeah, you've heard it on the podcast before. I probably have. Sex gets out of hand when you start. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, when you start. Well, they weren't even I don't think they were really having sex. I think they were just tripping out on mushrooms and they're like, you know, what would be a great idea? <laughs> Let's make belly button. Yeah, yeah, we have talked about this. I do remember this conversation now. But... Yeah, not such a great idea. Well, no. if you're going to have a candle. I mean, maybe a paraffin wax candle, something that's not going to burn the crap out of your skin. Oh, that's still going to hurt, though. It's still hot yeah, wax. Yeah, I think, I think that's Paraf- a... But paraffin wax you dip your hands into and that's your feet. True. That's true, but it's still hot. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not going to necessarily. So, so maybe it's that's not how... going to blister, though. So is that how Gwyneth gets her candle smell? Just pours a little paraffin in there? Oh. Paraffin wax in the vajayjay? <laughs> I mean, it would come out <laughs> cylindrical. I just want to know. <laughs> like, who is the scent person that's like, you know what, Gwyneth? Let's do... I know what we need to do. We need to make your it smell like you're a vajayjay. I think Never I think some I think the pool boy was probably just trying to make points by saying, Gwyneth, your pussy smells better than anything I can imagine. Uh, let's make a candle out of it. Everyone let's, should let's, smell this. Let's just think about that for a minute, though. I mean, <laughs> if you made a candle at like, you know, a mold of your vagina and made a candle of it, that would be a great way to find your G spot. It's like, what are these ridges? <laughs> right here. See that? That's what you're supposed to be getting to. See, it's right there. Can you see the little divot? Yeah. You know men are visual people. Well, we all need to make candles out of a JJJ's. Megan's so not doing so find... well right now. If you can see her, she's 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 not holding up very well in this conversation. She, <laughs> we're losing her. We're losing Megan. We're losing Megan. I think I we just should... don't even want to imagine putting whack. That cannot talk about a UTI. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, you could like insert a a one a, a female a condom, condom in there in there first yeah no because then you wouldn't get you wouldn't get the texture right if you did that oh god why and it was why do we have this conversation <laughs> because we love to watch you squirm it's our favorite sport good ways to use saran wrap the jj candles oh. <laughs> make sure and smooth out the wrinkles <laughs> and that's gonna do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.